0: Hello and welcome to Guido Talks. It's been a very busy week in Westminster and next week is going to get even busier because we are expecting Sue Gray's report to finally drop. Uh, I'm Adam Cherry and I'm joined, as always, by Paul Staines and Christian Calgi. So, Paul, where are we with this? We've got a Tory leadership race sort of happening in the background. We've got Sue Gray's report expected next week. What's the state of play? What are people thinking? The
1: state of play is we've had an unsuccessful semi-push That's uh, been sparked off by uh, the new intake of 29ers. Uh, We've got the Sue Gray report next week, which all the heavyweights in the Cabinet have been telling us to wait for. And I expect whatever she says, we'll have another round of attempting to um, uh, no confidence or uh, put in letters Gray and Brady and spark an easier contest. Now, the thing about that is. I'm not sure the leading contenders are really keen to do it at this moment. I think they'd rather wait till after the May local elections and see the lie of the land. Also, what is the plan? Are the Tories going to get rid of the most successful political campaigner for a generation who's won the biggest majority in a generation because a load of posh shows in Downing Street were guzzling cheese and wine? I don't think that makes sense. It's not exactly Suez, is it? Yes, the public are angry, but that angry anger might dissipate. Uh, Boris has the ability to reach parts of the country that no one else does. The public might be exasperated with him, but they can fall back in love with him again. Who knows? Uh, the current uh, running is that you know the likes of Andrew Bridgen and the rest of them are going to try again. They're, you know Andrew Bridgen has put in letters against David Cameron. Uh, Theresa May in fact it's unusual for him to wait two years before three years before putting in a letter to Graham Brady he must be getting slow in his old age
0: so there's a lot to unpack there why don't we start with the runners and riders of this contest as you say they're not none of them really want this before May because why would you want your fingerprints over what's inevitably going to be or what may well be a disaster for them (laughs) nonetheless we've got Uh, Rishi Sunak, Liz Truss, Nadim Zahawi, uh, Jeremy Hunt, Penny Morden. There's a a big field. Uh, Christian, what do you make of... Let's start with Rishi and, and Liz Truss. What do you make of those two? They're the two leading candidates. Yeah, I mean, there's a big question mark over this leadership election because Boris
2: Johnson was very much the exception in the 2019 leadership election the conventional wisdom for the last few decades in Tory leadership elections has been that the front-runner is not the winner and you think about David Cameron and Theresa May and Haig and Thatcher uh Boris really was the only one who started in a major way as the front-runner and had that status all the way through now the question is Does that revert, or are we now into a period where the big beast gets it and canes it throughout the whole race and and ends up winning? If that's the case, then it is going to be Rishi or Liz. Uh, I'm, you know, I have to declare my interest in this conversation. I uh, first heard about Rishi Sunak when he took over from William Hague as the Richmond constituency MP, which was my constituency. So I've had an eye on this guy for, what, seven years now and have always found him to be an incredibly impressive politician. In fact, one of the things I think a lot of people don't realise about the guy because he is so new and obviously has this reputation that he built up Uh, during COVID through our TV screens during those press briefings is, you know, he is actually more charismatic in person than he comes across on TV. And I think that's a fascinating dynamic, which has not yet been uh, thought about much when we're discussing these things. He's one of those people uh, that you sort of uh, is so energetic in person. Uh, He does have that sort of camera night touch.
0: Say
1: this. Well,
2: yes, but yes, but the point, the point, the, the point I'm mean, making is that the point that I'm making, unlike Theresa May or Gordon Brown, is this guy uh, is charismatic on and off screen, and I think that annoys quite a lot of people. Is he's quite difficult to attack, and he is the most popular, uh, he's the only Tory politician in positive polling ratings, and unlike a lot of. People in the media who seem to have already got bored with their favourite play toy and written him off as as doomed to failure. I think he will get more popular. Liz Truss, just to quickly cover, uh, is, will undoubtedly probably be the most ideologically right wing, right? If she stands, she, she has spent a good few years building herself up as the libertarian poster girl of the tory party massive free trade low tax that's what the tory party like it's what they want the big question with liz is does she come can she come across well with the general public my instinct is, although this can be trained, obviously. Thatcher had a lot of voice training and uh, a lot of a lot of training in that sense. My sense is Liz could end up being quite like a Theresa May character in that she starts off incredibly popular with the parliamentary party, and the moment she has that public hurdle where she has to try and connect with the public and uh, and and come across well in front of them, she may not prove the most charismatic person, and that is something the Tories need to worry about. The more interesting question is uh, about these, the Deems of Harways and the Penny Maldons, uh, who have who are very popular and and have major qualities. It's whether, again, going back to that point, does the underdog start succeeding again, or are Rishi Sunak or Liz Truss going to cane it throughout the whole thing and just win anyway, and it'll be quite a ab-
0: well. Let's let's just talk about that briefly. So, Paul, this week you had a, uh, an article on uh, a new poll from that showed that Rishi Sunak might not necessarily be. Uh, the most effective candidate, particularly in a general election.
1: Polls from yonder, which is Andrew Cooper, Cooper's new polling company. Um, Andrew Cooper used to be the pollster for um, David Cameron. And it was um, spun as sympathetic to Rishi in that he would only lose 100 seats, uh, which I don't think is encouraging for many Tory backbenchers, given that's probably about a third of their number going to be wiped out it also said to be honest that um the numbers were even worse for boris but i remind you in 1981 thatcher had a 70 percent negative uh rating you know 50 percent of the people in a gallup poll in 81 said they're going to vote for sdp blair after iraq was 25 points behind cameron was 20 points behind before he won in 2010. mid-term numbers aren't always the best guide to election numbers so I think we can I, can. I can imagine quite easy a situation where uh, May isn't so bad. I mean, the public aren't switching to Labour because they love Starmer; they're switching away from the Tories because they're mega angry about the Downing Street parties.
0: Let's let's talk briefly about this week. So we started the week thinking that uh, Boris was in a lot of trouble. And Monday and Tuesday he had the apology, uh, did the, the disastrous interview with with Beth Rigby. And then on Wednesday we had a defection. We had uh, Tory MP Christian Wakeford cross the aisle and join the Labour Party. Uh, Christian, our Christian, what do we think? What do we think that means? What does that, what does that mean for, for, for Wakeford? But also, what does it mean for the Tory Party? How did they react?
2: Well, you know, Wakeford is a non-entity. We'll forget about him in a couple of weeks, and I'd imagine he'll step down in the next election probably because you know defectors always have a miserable time they're despised by their old family and they're never welcomed by their new family so you know Wakeford's non-entity what it has done uh, is certainly sort of take the Tory you know uh, pot off the stove for a bit and let things calm down uh, there has been a noticeable sort of buttock clenching, because whilst a lot of Tory MPs are deeply unhappy with Boris, uh, the last thing they want to do is help Keir Starmer, and it has helped refocus uh, minds and hearts onto what is the point here. And if the point here is to save the Tory party, or indeed have a Tory party left after this bloodletting, Uh, then they can't do anything to help Starmer. And and Wakeford has actually really helped that, not least, of course, taking one letter out of Graham Brady's pile. I will say one thing, which is I've always been, I think even for this newsroom, quite sceptical of the chances of a leadership election over this scandal. I'm not saying there won't be one before the next election, But I don't think Partygate is going to be the thing that gets rid of Boris. What it may do is provide a undercurrent, a backdrop in the minds of Tory MPs and voters at, you know, approaching the next election and it may be the cost of living crisis that actually knocks the ball into the back of the net. But I didn't think, uh, even at the uh, sort of high points of speculation in the media at the start of this week that we were going to get the 54 letters. My personal expectation is we're probably between 30 and 35, and that's providing that more letters haven't been pulled out of Graham Brady's pile since the Christian If you're Martha right about defection. the cost of
1: living crisis, then that won't play very well for Rishi in the eyes of the general public, will it? Because... He's the man who will be fronting the whole economic uh, agenda. So, you know, there is, I mean, I'm half joking here, but there is a uh, is a alternative strategy where after the um, summers, the economy uh, gets into difficulties over inflation. Boris fires Rishi <laughs> after clearing out Downing Street, bringing back Lord Frost. who would be very positive on the back benches. Um, a drops a ta- tax cutting agenda and... <laughs> And, and is back in the uh, uh, away at the polls
2: it, it's certainly it 's certainly fair to say that there is a very uncomfortable paradox here for Rishi, which is any as, if Boris goes over everything other than party gate it 's going to be over economics and taxes, and there are no circumstances that one can imagine on those fronts where Boris is fatally wounded and doesn 't take Rishi down with him so it 's very dangerous for Rishi. The only thing I'd say is I feel and it hasn't played out in policy and and that has been relatively disappointing. But I feel based on my reading of Rishi that his instincts are more low tax than Boris's natural instincts. And he would rather cut taxes before Boris. That might help him marginally in a leadership election.
0: So so finally, next week we are expecting the Sue Gray report. Paul, you've just touched on this. When it comes out. We're not expecting a, a disaster for Boris at this point, are we? We're expecting, what, a, as you say, a, a clear out of Downing Street. What, what might that look like?
1: I think um, uh, Dan Roosevelt is widely tipped to be in trouble. And uh, the permanent secretary, Martin Reynolds, who sent the email about the socially distance booze, bring your own booze party, uh, well, he should be fired, shouldn't
2: he? <laughs> I will just say, sorry, before we, before we cut off, A couple of MPs have voiced, to me, something I think is true, that, you know, we talk about uh, Reynolds and Rosenfeld and Case and Doyle. We can talk about clearing out half of Downing Street, and I honestly don't think we'd miss most of them. Uh, I don't think we'd notice if we got rid of most of them, other than in a public purse sense. But there is a wider problem, which is... You know, there's this absurd story at the moment about the whips abusing MPs. That's not the story. The story is the whips not knowing the 2019 intake. The problem is the whipping operation not knowing the backbenches on Boris's behalf and making fundamental mistakes over issues of policy, over things like Owen Paterson. The whips office has to be cleared out. Uh, Mark Spencer has to go also the pps structures need totally resetting there are too many 2019 mps in pps roles who are meant to be the government's voice on the back benches but don't know how to do the job properly uh, and uh, and i think that is such a wide ranging uh, structural change that needs to happen there's a very big question over even if he does stay in the job whether Boris will have the political capital free to make that many changes and still have any friends oh, I left also in, think whipping
1: in an age of whatsapp is very very difficult
0: well that just about does us for this week as always you can subscribe to the show on YouTube by pressing the red subscribe button we're also available on Apple podcasts Google podcasts anywhere where good podcasts are available as always, stay tuned to orderorder.com every week and we'll be back hopefully next week when the new Sugrey report is finally released. Thanks for watching.